When there's any kind of unprocessed or stuck emotion in the body, it can manifest as a stuck energy, which can create pain, discomfort, or disease. Welcome to HEAL, conversations to guide you toward personal growth and overall well-being. for joining me for this episode of Heal. We have another international traveler with us. Britt's not here, but I am welcoming Cleo Stoides. She's coming from Athens, Greece. Thank you so much for coming, Cleo. She is a lawyer turned holistic health coach. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. It is so nice to have you. I'm so glad that you took the time to join me today. I cannot wait to share your story. Um, lawyer turned holistic health coach. That seems like two very different things. I would love to hear first, why did you become a lawyer? And you don't have to make that a long story if you don't want to, but then what made you shift to become a holistic health coach and to help others? Sure. So why I became a lawyer? Um, I Is there a reason? I don't know. I just... That's uh, so funny. I know. I feel like lawyers, nurses, and teachers, they're always like, that's what I've always wanted to be. So I just did it. Yeah, no, not though. That, that wasn't me. Um, it's just, uh, it, it was either psychology or yeah. law. And I chose law, maybe with uh, much from my parents, but yeah. I didn't regret it. It was a, it was a good four years of law school. I uh, studied law in Paris, so I, I'm a lawyer there. Um, That's so cool. I know we weren't here to talk about that, so I sort of put you on the spot. But I just think that that's so cool that you did had such a departure. You're you you you've completely changed directions, and I've done the same thing. So that's why I found it interesting. Right. No, for sure. Uh, so basically, my story, um, why I transitioned, I have to start really at the beginning of my life. So since I was six months old, I um, constantly changed countries. I'm a daughter of a diplomat. So mm -hmm. I was leaving uh, by the age of 35. I lived in more than 12 countries. Wow. Yeah. And basically to the outside world I was seeing me and my brother as a privileged child like I had a life that looked very nice and grand my brother and I went to the best schools we got to attend my dad's dinner galas so we got to do things completely different from regular kids but this constant change also posed a lot of challenges that took me years to realize and mm -hmm. being seen as privileged became kind of a label, um, more difficult emotions like grief, fear, anger are not socially accepted. Mm -hmm. And also changing countries every two to four years um, meant making friends and then leaving them to start over in another country, making friends, being close to people, then leaving them. So I kind of got the hang of like, this is what my life was going to be. And I think that subconsciously I shut down my emotions. Well, it's a lot of upheaval. And I know kids are very resilient, but 
it's hard to change um, so often. And it's also, I can imagine learning customs and learning traditions and learning all of the things that you might need to learn every single time you've shifted and moved. Yeah, it was, um, it was a challenge to say the least. Mm-hmm. So basically I subconsciously shut down my emotions and basically for all my life, I shut down my emotions, all of them unknowingly. And then um, I was in law school at 18 years old. I just had entered law school and I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, mm-hmm. which is an irritable bowel disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was diagnosed, they told me that the root cause is not entirely known. And I think it's still the case, but they told me that stressed and repressed emotions aggravate flares so it may be one of the causes of the inflammation and when you think about it it kind of makes sense because repressed emotions eventually have to express themselves somehow they do through the body you know and so including inflammation and and autoimmune conditions and um So I went through law school. Well, I went through law school. No, after my diagnosis, I had every symptom that you can imagine. Constant bloating, diarrhea, constant pain that would keep me bedridden for days. Oh my gosh. Where I would literally fall asleep hugging my toilet. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I could not keep food down. I lost 20 pounds. And, you know, at 18 years old, you had dreams for your life. I had my dream job or um, going out with my friends and having fun and so many experiences that I was anticipating and they were kind of sleeping away from me and Mm -hmm. instead like this painful horrible reality was settling in very fast Mm -hmm. and um, so I was given medication to take for a lifetime um, and advice to manage my stress by doctors and I, I suffered from a lot of side effects from the medication. I bet. Yeah, and with no signs of real sustainable results. So I kind of became my own wellness warrior, you know, in all this. Yeah, so, so were you starting to feel, like when you were taking all of this medicine um, with no end in sight, were you starting to feel, how were you feeling physically? So I was feeling a little there were times where I was feeling better, but because of the side effects, I felt that this medication were, was making me sicker and weaker by the day. So right, right. it did not make sense. And I know that there's a lot of people who go through this changing medication because it doesn't work. And it's, it's, it's an ordeal. And I definitely went through it. So I couldn't see an end side. So I became, you know, my own wellness warrior so for seven years I went on a crusade for the right answer like the right medication the right healer the Mm -hmm. right doctor the right yoga pose so Mm -hmm. the right diet I experimented with so many diets I bet you had to well you you want to find a solution you know the elimination diet the low FODMAP like with carbs then reintroduce them but to gluten and dairy and while sitting you know in the lotus position as much as possible to reduce my stress and manage Mm -hmm. my anxiety I was I was actually trying 
to heal so bad, mm -hmm. but I had no real sustainable improvements. My, I had some results, but nothing sustainable. My flares kept coming back. And that's where I realized that my healing had become my identity. Like I was desperately trying. Yeah, I was gonna say sometimes when that, when you become sick, that becomes your identity. Like I'm someone with Crohn's, you know, and that's all you identify as someone with Crohn's. And I, I mean, I can see how it would interfere with your whole life and just be almost debilitating um, because you can almost, you, you can't go anywhere. You know, you wanna be close to your house. Um, yes. Yeah, and and so your journey ended up becoming a your your crusade ended up becoming your new identity was figuring out ways to heal yourself. Exactly, I was basically desperately trying, looking yeah. for the next wellness solution that would alleviate my symptoms, and it was so exhausting. But I desperately wanted to feel better, you know, to not be of afraid course. that any food, as healthy as they may be, would trigger a parade of symptoms to not having to go to a meeting 30 minutes earlier to ensure that I get the seated closest to the bathroom. Right. You know, to not be defined by this bowel disease and to live my life to the fullest. Right. But it wasn't until the day that I had my first and actually last pooping accident mm -hmm. in the middle of dinner with friends that I realized that something really had to change. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, in my quest for the solution to heal my gut, because it was so desperate, so obsessive, so life consuming, I was cut off from my inner voice, from my inner guidance, from my mm -hmm. gut intuition. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, you know, I don't know what came first, like suppression of this intuition, which led to the gut issue or the, the gut issue. Yeah my gut issue, which led to further suppression of my intuition. How on and earth did you make that first step though and realize like, I'm not connected. I need to, first of all, I'm not connected. How do I reconnect? Like, how did you make that first realization? So I experienced one of the worst flares that I had ever experienced. Mm -hmm. And um, I said that something has to change something. I'm doing something I'm, I'm trying so many things and nothing's sticking. So maybe I'm not doing something right. So, and that's where I realized that I was at sourcing my healing to experts. Like the, the solution to my healing would not happen from another medication or another diet, but it really mm -hmm. was in my hands. And that's where I realized that I had been so disconnected from my own body you know i there's people that i talk to that tell me oh if only i could take my gut and throw it away i'd be happy mm -hmm. so and that's exactly how i felt that i was so disconnected to my body and my intuition because so i studied um i became a certified health coach of, at the institute for integrative nutrition in new york mm -hmm. and the founder um always said that a quote that I really like is that our body can heal itself by itself if given half the chance. Right. Right. So, so half of that chance means what were some of the things that that coach showed you and taught you about what are those things that, I mean, I think I know some of the things, what are the, some of the things that you did to really start to connect and to try so, to heal yourself? 
So there's a lot of things, but it's really, it's really starting to do nothing. Instead of trying so hard to heal mm-hmm. with another, with diet, with programs to heal my gut, it was just nothing. And it's in this space of nothing that my healing really started because it's in that space of nothing that your voice of your gut intuition mm-hmm. can really take form. And, um, you know, at the beginning, that voice is very quiet, it's wounded, it's confused, and then it become resilient most of the mm-hmm. time. So um, it was really just do nothing. And whenever I say that, people look at me, um, what do you mean nothing? I, right. I, so that was my next question. What does do nothing look like for you? Because your do nothing might mean something else. No, like, what was it just not work so hard at it? Sitting and meditating? Was it other? Was it yoga? Was there, were there other things you were doing? Yes. Yeah, so there were many things. Um, but First, I wanted to say, because a lot of people don't understand, because people don't understand what nothing means, Mm -hmm. I always say that a digestive issue in any form has as a main root cause in what's going on in our head, in our self-talk, in our stress triggers, more more than the foods that we eat. Mm -hmm. And the connection between our gut and our mind is very strong and undeniable so in that way indigestion is literally the inability to let go of the past experiences events Mm -hmm. that are transient but we choose to let it define it so you know we we know this on the same instinctual level too that leads us to say trust your gut go with your gut i have a bad gut feeling about him yes yep it's all of this and because Uh, A lot of people think that the solution to healing uh, the digestive issue is only in nutrition, Right. Uh, the foods that you eat. Nutrition is really important for sure. There's inflammatory foods that need to go for a while so that you get to see how you feel. But it's always how you feel. It's always an inward process. Mm -hmm. But... What you put in your plate is important, but what you put outside your plate is just as important. So doing nothing, and what do we mean by doing nothing? It's just, so after seven years, I became so depleted from outsourcing all outsourcing all my healing powers to experts right. that I said that there's something else that it, that is eating me away. So what am I not digesting? Yeah. And what I did, so every day I would lay down with my hands resting on my stomach. And I would simply say, I'm safe, I'm well, and I'm willing to feel what is ready to be felt. And I'm ready to digest my emotions. And just this process- you, I was just going to say, can you just repeat that? Because I feel like if you can, if because I th- yeah. feel like a lot of the listeners might want to hear that again. We use a lot of affirmations here in my business, and I think that what what you what you just expressed was something we can all benefit yeah. from, not just people who have um, any kind of digestive issues. Although I feel like we all do. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, everybody. So this digestive issues are so increasing worldwide. I feel mm-hmm. that they 
other person that I talked to has some digestive issues. So I totally agree. Yeah. Um, so what I said, it, what I did, so at the very beginning to reconnect to my body and my gut was to just lay down with my hands resting on my stomach. Mm -hmm. And I said, I am well, I am safe, I love you, and I'm willing to feel what is ready to be felt. I'm ready to digest my emotion. And that's all I did. So this is my nothing, doing nothing. And mm -hmm. I laid there and I waited for my emotions to arise. And, you know, my belly was so tightly contracted, so afraid of herself that at first nothing came up at all. Right. And I felt completely detached from my entire digestive tract. And, you know, that's where I realized that Crohn's had become my identity. I always thought that although I was seeing some sustainable results, that my next flare was just around the corner. Right. And I feel like that anticipation of that next flare, not knowing when it was going to come would be another cause for a flare because it's truly in this fight or flight mode of what, what's going to happen. When is it coming? And it can come in any moment and, and constantly thinking about it would, I believe, cause more stress and, uh, you know, anxiety. Totally. And that's something that um, I I, I, I work a lot and I talk about a lot, but so what I did to be, um, to be present was this, and I just kept putting my hands on my belly and I trusted and I spoke softly, I'm well, what I need to heal is already within mm -hmm. and I'm willing to feel what is ready to be felt. And as I did, and I stayed with my practice, with this practice and, you know, just the, the, the touch the holding your belly, the, the putting your hands on our body can be connects so you. It connects you. Yeah, yeah, we never do that. Our hands are always either on our computer yeah. or with our kids. It's so outward. So it's very powerful. And little by little, you know, tears came. Yeah. And um, I imagine this pain just dissolving away from my body and days passed and weeks passed and I stayed there and my belly began to give in. So oh. I began to digest. And when I did, um, there's so many emotions that came out, everything that I had repressed, it was kind of like tears, but also a lot of fear. Yeah. And I had never, I was so afraid of feeling fear, you know, and or just um, afraid of feeling afraid of feeling for sure yeah. mm -hmm. and so he came out and it was fear of of what of failure of success of not being enough of being too much of the future of the past of what it was not of what it never would be right so what I realized is that I was holding a lifetime of fear of emotions of repressed emotions in my stomach yeah and my stomach was contracting around it. And that fear I had realized of not feeling was so slowly depleting me of my life force, of my ability to assimilate anything positive from nutrients to joy. Wow. Yeah. And it was really that space of not trying to heal, yeah. of doing nothing where it really, where healing really begun. And you know, it's, it's really about noticing that voice to listen to its 
intonations to learn to trust it because it's never wrong mm -hmm. and beyond that voice is where true healing and true living really begins wow i mean i i work in energy here so i i, I do reiki and all your everything you're saying of course is makes perfect sense to me but those who aren't familiar the solar plexus and the sacral chakra the sacral chakra is is below the belly button and that's where we manage emotions so like you said not digesting emotions not accepting things that are happening or holding on to old you know events negative emotions um beliefs here in our stomach in that sacral chakra area people tend to have digestive issues because that's where we're our unprocessed emotions are stored right there <laughs> right there yeah right there so it makes perfect sense to me um and yeah. i i'm 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 so happy for you and but for, for, i don't know why i'm so blown my mind is so blown about how just putting your hands although this is what i do in reiki but putting your hands there and just affirming that I am well, I'm safe. Um, I'm ready to feel what I need to feel. That's cr not crazy that it worked because I believe it, but I, I'm just amazed. It did work. Yeah. And, you know, it's so great that you do Reiki because you understand everything about energy. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know, when people do that, um, cause Sometimes I do it in live workshops and there's a lot people, just the fact of saying, I am well, I am safe and I love you. It's, it can bring out a lot of emotions because yes. people either don't, haven't felt well for a while or haven't given themselves permission to feel but well. But they also, they also give the energy to the negative. So, oh, my back hurts so much today. Oh, my stomach's really bothering me. Like we hyper-focus on all of that instead of, you know, my back is getting stronger or I need to rest today. Like just shifting the words that we use and the thoughts that we have can really make a difference in our physical um, body. Yes. Yes, yeah. definitely. And introducing the word yet. So there's a yeah. lot of people who like me think that we'll never get out of pain or we'll always yeah. be bloated and yeah. never get into remission. And I always say, yet, you're not oh, in yeah. remission yet. That's right, that's right. And, but yeah, you're right. People, we too tend to focus on the negative yeah. and um, that has a lot to do, you know, it's about reframing our old conditioning. Mm -hmm. So. I was so conditioned to believe that my Crohn's was at my identity. And that's why mm -hmm. I was thinking that my next flare was around the corner. So you were almost willing it to happen just by thinking it. Exactly. <laughs> because that's all I knew. And so and the opposite is true though. You know, you will you will yourself to get healthy and be safe and and you did it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I had to shift this. Um, a lot of, um, I had to shift this conditioning for sure. And to listen to what I wasn't digesting, you know, mm -hmm. how do you digest fear? Like, how do you sit with a belly full of fearful thoughts long enough to witness and dissolve them? So this is really the process of digesting your emotions. It's like how, how we digest food. We have to digest our emotions 
Um, and that's really what healed my gut after seven years of incessant pain and discomfort. So it's really a powerful practice um, to turn um, inward. No kidding. It really is. And whichever way you do it, whether you use those affirmations like you did with your hand on your physical body, you know, believing that you're safe and you're healthy and you're healing. Yeah. Or if you're sitting in meditation or something like that and using affirmations, all very powerful, very healing. Yes, it is. And, you know, sometimes it's, it's, we have to listen. So this yeah. is what the space of not trying to heal is really important um, because each symptom, like it's bow, each bowel movement, each um, pain is a messenger of an inner balance at play. Mm -hmm. And you have to be quiet enough to listen to that message. So yeah, putting just relaxing and releasing and placing the hands on the belly and just breathing and just not doing anything at the beginning, just trust that the information you need will surface at the perfect moment. Because, you know, some, so much, so many times, even in meditation, we just kind of expect that we will relax. So we no, kind of <laughs> no, no way. It's a practice. We need to work at that. Right. <laughs> become aware of the muscles that are constricting and ten tense and become aware of. And sometimes even at that point, even if you're just aware that your shoulders are all tight and, and tense, you can't always release them. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's just taking a practice of, first of all, not being like just being and you know just breathing and being and if nothing comes up at the beginning you know that trusting that the information you need will surface at that moment mm -hmm. and it's really when you say hey I'm well uh, I love you and I'm listening and you know at the beginning I started laying there for hours without anything coming up yeah and other times it came up really, really fast, like after a few minutes, but I practiced it every day. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it's really just listening to what you have. And then when you do that practice of listening, then you can ask something to your gut, right? Like, you know, to tell you what it needs to tell you, like what you're willing, what you need to, 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 to do to heal. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I'm fully ready to receive what needs to be felt. And then, you know, what messages are you sending me through these symptoms? What feelings do I have to release in that moment? What information do I need to know to heal? And then you meditate on that. And yeah, I love this so much. <laughs> That's so great. So you became a health coach because yeah. of this. So I became a health coach. So I did uh, practice as a lawyer a little bit in Paris, but then yeah. I also became, um, I, I worked for the UN as a legal consultant for many years. And, um, but I don't know, I had always flirted with the idea of becoming a health coach, but I had always had these excuses, told excuses to myself, like, I don't have time, I don't have the money. Yeah. And then circumstances kind of happened. Um, but that was the time. And when I started, I didn't necessarily see it as an end goal to become a health coach. I just wanted to gain information for me. Yeah. But yeah, at the end, it was just, this is what I want to do. Because I, 
was able to overcome this disease. I've always gonna have it, it's autoimmune, but I've been in remission for 10 years now and I don't have any symptoms. And I know that if I can do it, I can guide other people to do it. And um, yes, and I, it's always the same thing. It's people trying to heal a lot, trying so many different things because yeah. it's such a disease or not only disease, just an issue that can impact your whole life. Absolutely. It feels debilitating. It feels like you're, you're trapped in your own body almost. You, you know, you can't have a fulfilling, well, what you would perceive as a fulfilling life outside of um, your body. You're just sort of a, a prisoner of it. Yes. And, you know, now that we talked about the law, I had never had as many flares in my life as I did as being as a, a lawyer. lawyer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of I can imagine. I, I'll never forget this one job that I had. Um, I, I was a restaurant manager and it was before I went back to school to become a classroom teacher. And near the end of that um, job, the reason why I quit was because I developed what I call now a psychosomatic cough. And, and the cough would get so bad at times that I, I pulled muscles in my back, my neck, and my skull, if that's even possible, oh. but my whole head was tense. Um, and it hurt because I was violently coughing and I knew it was the job and I knew that I wasn't doing what I should be doing. Um, so I quit and I went back to school and, and I don't think that's happened since. I mean, I think it happened once as a teacher, but I think I had allergies and I actually had a cold. <laughs> But it was, it was really bad. And I, and, and, and I never really thought, I just knew that it was probably psychosomatic. I never really dug into how deep, deeply into why was it a cough? You know, like what the tickle in my throat, maybe I wasn't listening to my inner voice. Maybe I wasn't telling, you know, being honest with my boss or myself about how I felt about the job. I don't know, but it was just crazy. And of course, the second I quit, the cough went away and I was fine. So, yeah, I mean, you know, we live in a society that doesn't give any space to feeling emotions. You know, we have to power through. We have to yeah. um, in our jobs with the kids with uh, we don't have time or, you know, we've heard so many times. OK, like pull yourself together, suck it up. You have to do this and this. So. Yeah. It's really, this is why this practice is so, so crucial because this is what you're doing. You're taking a moment for yourself that society's taken away from you. Yeah. Um, and um, so it's, it's, it's very important. And, um, you know, you can actually, the end of the practice is really when you listened and asked, you can actually shift the narrative. So you can just say, um, you're, what we're doing is literally transmuting the pain so we can make space for like more beauty, grace, peace in our life. Right. So we, if we have been storing fear in our belly and we can call upon courage and belief, or if, if we have been storing scarcity, and in action, call upon abundance and willingness. Right. 
and um, storing low self-worth. God knows how many of that we store. Um, call upon gratitude and peace. Yeah. Yeah. That's fabulous. That's so wonderful. So let me ask you, um, we're going to take a quick break, but I do want to ask you, do you work with other people now? And do you work with people outside of where you are nationally? Do you, are you able to connect virtually? You are? Yes, I do. I have, uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of, um, people that I help, um, and I'm very honored to help in the U S, um, in Australia, in, um, Latin America, well, yeah. That's fabulous. All right. So let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, um, I would love for you to share how people can get in touch with you. Um, if they love your story, if they connected with you and they want to learn more. So we'll talk about that when we come back. We'll be right back. And thanks so much for coming back. We're here with Cleo Stoides, who is a holistic health coach. Um, she was sharing with us her story of how she overcame or is um, dealing with, I used, would you call it still dealing with Cleo? I do still, I call it overcame. Yeah, okay. How she overcame Crohn's disease with a holistic approach. Um, she's now a health coach and is able to help others with digestive issues. And we want to talk a little bit about how you help others and how people can contact you if they wanted to reach out. So tell us how you help others with your um, coaching program. Sure. So uh, my coaching program is really based around three pillars um, that I had to go through myself. Uh, so it's a nutrition approach and a lifestyle approach. And what that means is just so nutrition, as I said, what you put in your plate is really important. So you need to, to, to see, to know the inflammatory foods. And why is that important? Because it allows you, when you eliminate this, to see how you feel. So you raise awareness uh, about what's going on in your body and how you feel when you take this inflammatory foods out and you add in more nutritious food that feed the good bacteria in your gut. Um, so this is the nutrition approach and the lifestyle approach is so what, it, what you put outside of your plate is also very important. So it's a lot about digesting emotions, which what we talked about here. Right. So it's a lot about understanding our stress triggers, understanding what lifts us up um, and understanding what, because stress is also a perception. So what are you feeling? There's a lot that, that Brene Brown actually said in her famous TED talk that she made a research. So people actually name their emotions in three categories. I feel bad. I feel mad and I feel sad, mm -hmm. uh, but it's so important in order to digest our emotions, to feel our emotions and name our emotions. There's a lot more emotions that than bad, mad, sad. And why is it so important? Because we can't digest something that we don't know we feel and right, right. we can't name. Um, so this is the process of emotional digestion that is very, very crucial because we store everything um, in our gut and we have to digest everything that we digest, just the emotions as much as the food. And then the third pillar is really reframing the conditioning, the narrative that we have been told um, ourselves for so long. Right. Becoming aware of the thoughts and the beliefs and then being able to shift them and rewire all that thinking. 
exactly to rewire that thinking and that conditioning and doing creating a new narrative that will support the new results that you want, but in a sustainable way. So the goal is not just to see results for the next couple of months or six months, but really seeing results, sustainable results. So being able to reduce your symptoms sustainably, um, regain your energy sustainably, and just really live the life that you want um, without being, without having that health issue being kind of like an obstacle to the, the dream life that you really want. Right. Um, yeah. So these are the three pillars that I help people with um, who have a chronic digestive issue. So it's really a holistic approach. I love that. I love it. That's the only way to go these days. Let me tell you, I'm not, I don't, I don't like to take a lot of medicine for much of anything um, myself. If I need to, I will. If there's a need, need, I will. But I try to stay away from most, most things. Um, I just love hearing that you're using these approaches to help people connect better to their body and to understand how important it is to feel, process emotions, because you're right, we don't, we're not taught to. <laughs> so it's really important. And I just am so appreciative that you um, reached out to be on the podcast. So can you tell others how they can contact you? What's the best way to find you if they wanted to learn more about you, potentially work with you? What's the best way for them? So there's two ways. The best way is probably through my website, because mm -hmm. I have a lot of um, interviews that I did, uh, where people can get, um, a whole image, a yeah. picture of what yeah. I do. So it's, um, www.magnific, like magnificent, magnific life with Crohn's. And I know that dot com and I know yep. that it will be in the notes. Yeah. We don't need to spell it out. Um, <laughs> people usually listen to podcasts while they're walking or driving, I think. So don't worry about it. If you're driving, don't pull over. I will put it all in the podcast notes. Um, and also you're on Instagram, which I'll also put on the podcast notes. And you mentioned a Facebook group. Yes. So they can find me on Facebook and I actually have an exclusive Facebook group where I share, um, a lot of tips about really these three pillars, um, nutrition, uh, emotional digestion, and reframing this conditioning so that we can see the new results that we want. And I share, um, I do a lot of lives and um, I have access to a global network of healers. And I have some, I have a really good uh, colleague that is going, we're going to do a live about gut health and um, essential oils. So stress. <gasps> oh, I love it. <laughs> yes. So that's right up my alley. Oh, I love that. That's great. All right. Is there anything else that you want to share about how people can contact you before I ask you the questions that I ask all of the guests? Uh, nothing. So the, the, on my website, they can actually book a free call with me. Oh, good. Uh, okay. Consultation with me um, so that we can talk about them and their situation if they want to get a little bit deeper and implement what we said today for them. Awesome. That would be great. All right. So I'll make sure that those notes are in there for everyone. And now Cleo, here are your last three questions. Are you ready? <laughs> I am. Okay. When you are feeling most peaceful, what is it that you're doing? When I'm feeling most peaceful, I'm just 
meditating and um, I'm just actually feeling my feelings. It sounds very fluffy and light, but it's so <laughs> crucial. And now I make it a practice throughout the day to just check in yeah. with myself, you know, when I have this frenzy to do list and, you know, people say I'm crazy busy and yeah, it's yeah. like, I need to, okay. When I'm feeling this stress, I, it's like a compass for me to know that I have to stop and just yep. reconnect to my body. So this is what makes me feel most peaceful. And then I can just power through again. And if I'm stressed again throughout the day, do the same. Yeah, well, geez, I imagine you might have to do that multiple times during the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I know yeah. I do. I know I do. I don't often stop and say, okay, what am I, what am I thinking and feeling? But there are times when I definitely feel anxious, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so I do stop and I think, what am I anxious about? Is there something I need to be anxious about? And I actually have a mental checklist myself that I go through. But the one thing that I don't do, which after talking to you, I probably will incorporate is just saying, um, where am I? I usually feel it in the chest, but where am I feeling this? You know, like, where am I feeling it? And can I digest it, if you will? Um, that's yeah. something I might, I might add to my checklist. <laughs> So, okay, great. Thank you. All right. Is there one book that you could recommend to anyone that would, that maybe changed your life or one that you've used in your journey that you would recommend? Um, so probably, hmm. Uh, uh, Psycho-Cybernetics. So it's really not about for Maxwell, um, Maxwell actually no let me scrap that there's um there's a book I'm reading right now which I'm reading it again yeah um, it's it's love yourself like yeah. your life depends on it oh I've heard that one <laughs> you did oh yes yeah, yeah that's a good one yeah mm-hmm so um, I, because it's all about self-love, it's um, uh, everything from, um, you know, the gut, uh, it's from Kamal Revikant, by the way, um, and it's, it, it's all about love, it's all about self-love, um, when we're trying, when we're outsourcing our healing, it's because we're not focusing on ourselves when we don't want to feel. And so many times we numb, it's because we don't necessarily want to be with ourselves or don't know, don't know don't how, know how. Yeah. Don't know yeah, how we are being taught to yeah. do that at school. So it all comes back to how to love ourselves and it's a really easy book to read um i read it throughout the years and it's just very practical which i love in yeah. books yeah um so yeah i totally recommend that awesome thank you now one last question before we depart what um if money wasn't an object what would you be doing <laughs> i love this question i asked that too do you um, yes <laughs> I do it. Well, as you know what? It's a common one because it makes people really think about, yeah. and I don't, not for my guests necessarily, but I think for the listeners, it makes people think about, shoot, 
what would I be doing? And then a lot of the times the list, the guests, no pressure, Cleo, you don't need I to answer this way. But a oh. lot of the times the guests say exactly what I've been doing, like what I'm doing now. And I that I think it's good for listeners to hear that because the guests that are on the podcast are usually very passionate about what they do as they should be um, because they, they are helping and they, you know, they've been through it and I don't know. So you don't have to answer that way, no pressure, but what would you be doing if money wasn't an object? <laughs> I love this question. So what I, I would be doing what I do. So it's just, you know, I've changed so many careers. I've lived in so many countries. So what that brings you is an awareness of what you don't like. Yep. And it just leads me to my path. And I, you know, when I talk to you, when I talk, I do these talks and I host a lot of webinars, I am comforted in that what I do is my passion. I'm so passionate about this. And, you know, I'm 35. So um, it took me 35 years to really come. It's to taken it. me 50. So don't. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And um, of course, and there's never an age, but right. you know, I've tried so many careers, um, maybe more than uh, a lot of people, uh, even older. I just experimented a lot and I feel that this is what I'd be doing. However, where I, where I would be living um, if money was not an object was probably um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a house in nature this is what i've always wanted in yeah nature. one uh on the one side there's the sea i live in greece so yeah and then on the other side there's the forest and where i would have like my work cabin yeah so yeah that's um, and some people have answered that way like doing what i'm doing but on a bigger scale doing what i'm doing but in a bigger house doing what i'm doing <laughs> traveling the world but usually it's doing what i'm doing yeah that's, that's fabulous. That just means you're doing the right thing, right? You're supposed to be doing this. Yes. And I love it that people, I love it when people um, love what they do because it means that they're leading a fulfilling life in that area at least. And um, it's really good. And, you know, a lot of people don't necessarily allow themselves to dream that much mm -hmm. you know because they don't see how it's gonna well happen. it's all those old beliefs and programming exactly yeah. and the how is not the question here it's like if money was not an object and yep you, you would, would just you do it you would just do it right yeah. so why not it. just do it i love it yeah. Well, thank you. Thanks again for taking the time. Thanks for coming on. I hope that um, the listeners here contact you or at least go follow you on social media. It has been a real pleasure to get to know you. And thank you for um, enlightening me on Crohn's. I mean, I knew what Crohn's was, but really never connected it to, which is strange that I didn't do this, but really never connected it to energy and how I know this, but all of our thoughts become things. Our emotions become, you know, deep into ourselves. And I don't know. I just, it's so, it was enlightening for me. Um, and I hope that the listeners find it as well. Um, so thank you. Thank you. I had, it was lovely. A lovely yeah. conversation. It was great. It was great to get to know you. And uh, everybody else, um, I will be back in just a few moments. Thank you. 
If you're in the Mansfield, Massachusetts area and are looking for a space for yoga, meditation, great workshops, and life coaching support, check out Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. Mainstream even has a couple of virtual options if you don't live close by. Check out their offerings at MainstreamMeditation.com. You can also follow Mainstream Coaching and Wellness on Facebook and Instagram. The name is Mainstream Coaching and Wellness. And here I am. I am back. Just came back to say one more time, thank you so much for joining us. We are so excited that you enjoy this podcast and keep coming back for more. We can't wait to see you next time. But until then, may you be happy, healthy, safe, and live a life that's filled with ease. Thank you. Bye. Thank you.